Wow, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Let's Boogie one-on-one show. We are here. We're here tonight. This is going to be a very, very important, important show tonight. But let me tell you first that we are broadcasting from Fresh Nation Radio. We do that each and every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Tune in. You'll see our links to our radio station on social media. Go to the Let's Boogie one-on-one page. And you can also go to the Let's Boogie Jones page as well as Fresh Nation Radio page on Facebook Catch our links. You can go to TuneIn and catch our links, Spotify, and we're all over the podcast dial. Just tune us in, tell a friend, and join us. But tonight is a very, very important show, and I want to tell you a little bit about what we're doing tonight. Tonight, it's about what? Black History Month. Did y'all hear me? Black History Month. This is about us, for us, and by us. Now, we're going to explore what Black History Month actually means how it started, and uh, the whole significant role that we've played as black Americans in this society that we live in today. Now, let me just give you my personal opinion very quickly. Black History Month, it celebrates achievements by our people. But every day, we should celebrate our people. We should celebrate one another and show love to one another. Without a doubt, this country would not be what it is without the hard work and sacrifice of people of color. That's without question. So we're going to explore that tonight. I am proud to be a black American. I'm, pl- I'm very, very proud to be uh, an African-American black individual here in the United States and anywhere else that we've landed. Someone said something to me that made sense. We all came over on the same ship, was just dropped at different ports. We're all the same, and we should be very proud of ourselves. We should give ourselves a round of applause each and every day because without our ingenuity, without our our energy, without our blood, our sweat, and our tears, nothing would have been accomplished here. Everyone today that's living right now has benefited from something that one of us have done. Those in the past those moving forward currently, and those in the future. We continue to strive, y'all. And this is the Let's Boogie one-on-one show, and I want to introduce my co-host, Ms. Dalia Manette. How you doing, Dalia? Hey, Les, how are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> good. Uh, I wanted to ask you, we're talking, we're talking about Black History Month. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? For me, it's not a celebration. Um, you know that I work in this space in my day job, I'm in diversity 24 seven. And it this year in particular, I find myself actually contemplating about our future because um, I believe it's like 18 states have already struck down any diversity initiatives um, that were there within that state. And it, really saddens me that people really don't understand what what it means, what Black history means, it's American history, what the history of all people of color here, what that means. And to see the things that are happening, especially because this is a political year, it makes me sad. It truly makes me sad. It makes me apprehensive. Um, It makes me realize that the work that I'm doing for many of these states, because I'm over all of the United States, may go to waste. So for me, Black History mm. Month is 
contemplative. Wow, that's great. Let me ask you a question. Um, you just made a statement that they're striking down. Give us give us some facts, some more information about when you when you talk about they are eliminating um, black history from uh, from being separate or whatever it is that they're, they're, that yeah. that they're doing. Break because I know scientists and people like that. Explain that to the people, please. They're taking um, sort of like critical race theory because maybe people don't understand what critical race theory is. They're they're taking that out of the schools. They're taking affirmative action out of the schools. And when stuff like that happens, the effect that happens comes in waves. So now it's being taken out of the schools. Next, it'll be taken out of um, companies where it will not be enforced that you have a diverse workforce. It will literally bring the country back to the 1940s where diversity was not a goal. It, did, it was not wanted. It will regress the way we are being creative in this world. Um, it will regress being innovative because it is a known documented fact. The more diversity you have in your organizations, in your schools, the more creative ideas stem from that. There is absolutely nothing in this world that has not been touched by people of color and in True. particular black people. True. And if you set this back, the world will just stay in its place in terms of pro progress. And at some point, we're going to be collectively strong enough to say, we'll still create our own. And it's inevitable at a point where, because you've already let the, how, the horse out the gate, as they say, we're not a people who are going to be okay with being Uncle Tom's. We're not going to be a people that are okay saying we're not going to make waves. I know I certainly don't. Whereas right. the generation before me, where we that were involved in the civil rights, they literally brought us out of that way of thinking. And each generation that comes next has fought for where we are. My 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 ancestors would have never thought to go on to college to get a PhD. We would have ne they would have never thought that that would be possible. Right. On my father's side, I am two generations away from slavery. Two wow. generations. Wow. Yes. Because okay. my father had me at 50 years old. So that's half a century right there. And that's you right. know how old I am. So you, you're looking at it already at that point. And to see the progress that has been made where um, some of my ancestors became school teachers. They own businesses. And this is the next generation down. They were able to start to build generational wealth, which was then taken from them. Some of it was from um, eminent domain. Some of it was from being burned down and run out of towns. Uh, but wow. we continue to strive. On my mother's side, where we're Caribbean, we've always been a family that strived and worked for education. And it didn't matter if I wanted to be a singer, I still needed an education. That's I still right. needed to go to school. I still needed you know, to do these things. Yes. And I live by that and I pass that on to my nieces and nephews. If this continues to happen, all that has happened in one generation is going to be turned back. And that's sad. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, I wanna hold that note, bring in our resident historian and comedian, our brother Tattletail, man. How you doing, man? <laughs> You're too kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! 
Let's yeah, get your well, perspective. Well, black history is a way of life for me. It's like a legacy because all three of us and every black person in the world, whether they're here in the Western Hemisphere or they're in the old world in Africa, they're all contributing to black history. And people got to understand black history just isn't confined to black Americans in America. Okay. Mm. You got, you got our brothers and sisters in the Caribbean. You got our brothers and sisters on the motherland and they're making history every day. And we have to be aware of that. They're even in our past, they're trying to steal our past from us. Um, we need, we need more black archeologists, more black anthropologists, yeah. more black geneticists to, to prove that we were in certain areas first. Uh, within the last couple of days, I think, um, uh, archaeologists in Libya, uh, and they always thought, you know, they knew better, but they always, uh, through their academia, were saying that there were no black Africans in North Africa. Well, recently, they found a mummy of a 5,000-year-old young boy remains mummified. And when they did the genetic analysis of it, he right. was black. Yeah. Wow. You know? Wow. Um, uh, Herodotus said over 2,000 years ago, uh, he had went to the land of Colchis, there's an old fable about the land of Colchis, Jason and the gold, Jason the Argonauts and the Golden Fleece. Herodotus went there, and when he got there, what did he see? He, he put in his work, it's called Centuries. No, I'm sorry, it's called Histories. Herodotus mm -hmm. said, I believe that the Colchians are related to the Egyptians because they are black and have woolly hair. Wow. Yeah. Said this over 2,000 years ago. And, and, and where's the land of Caucasus at today? Modern day Georgia, over there near, near Russia. That's yeah. where Caucasus is at. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, it was an Egyptian outpost. Egyptians were all, always getting gold. If you look at the, all the pharaohs, well, I'm going to use the African title for the kings of Egypt. It was Nasut Bidi. Nasut Bidi. All right, Pharaoh came in when the Greeks came in, right. but it's Nasut Bidi. All right, all the Nasut Bidis were gold down. <laughs> were gold down. <laughs> bling, bling, bling. You bling, bling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll tell you this story. I remember um, when I was growing up in Hawaii and I was on the bus because I, I liked. You know, in between school, when I was out of school, I would take the bus. I would go around looking, going to museums, going to, you know, learning about Hawaiian history because I found out that Hawaiians, and this I learned from um, a school teacher, Hawaiians came from Africa. And I was sitting on the bus one day and this woman said to me, you look like you are Egyptian. And I'm thinking at the time, I didn't even make the connection. Like, what are you talking about? And... Um, <laughs> finding out that we are so related in so many different ways in different parts of the world that we are everywhere, right. everywhere. Um, right. it, we have to recognize and acknowledge our power. And when we do that, we will be forced 
to take control of our lives and our destiny. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. You know, one of the things that um that kind of disturbed me, and this goes back to some of the information that's been spread across uh, the podcast with Cat uh, Williams and people like that. What I'm really, really not understanding is why is that so important to people to hear those things, but yet still they don't want to hear the things that we're talking about in terms of our black history, you know, and fighting not only that, but fighting against those that, that want to take it away from the schools, those that want to take that curriculum out. Why are we not, why are we not, once again, civil rights? Why are we not pushing more towards that? But we're talking about what comedian stole a joke. I think that's insane. And, and these are our influential, not so, not so much leaders, but these are the people that are being recognized as celebrities. And we're talking about those things. Why are they not talking about what you, your job, you know, diversify and, 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 and the history. And, and why are we not focusing on people like Ron DeSantis, who's, who's just totally against anything down there. How's Florida getting away with this, you know, and other places, how are we allowing that? That should be our next fight. We fought for civil rights with Martin Luther King. We fought with so many others before that, before he came along. We fought for the, 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 the right to vote. We fought for the right to just live, but yet still we're allowing them to take all of that and try to act like that didn't happen. Right. They want to push that like that didn't happen. So why are we not? One of my main things, and I know we have uh, some of our so-called leaders and, and what have you and you know, we fight for certain things and police brutality. But one thing we need to never, ever, ever stop fighting for is the education of our people yes. and our youth in these schools. They say that, oh, we don't need that. Are, are you kidding me? There's a couple mm -hmm. of things that come to mind when I look at that. And I'm talking about all people's history, because if I know who you are, really know who you are as an individual, as a human being, and I know where you come from, I would treat you differently. And one of the reasons why we don't get to me um, that fair shot, when I say fair shot, I mean when people have a misconception of who we are, right. is because they don't, they don't know our history. So the same way we as black people and our children need to be taught their own history, others need to be taught black history as well as part of the American experience exactly. so that they know that we don't we're not who they say we are we are not just lazy and all of the negative things that they talk about with us if they really really knew if a white child or a, a latino child or whatever someone non-white and latinos are that's a whole another story we know they're not just non-white but what i'm saying is is someone that does not know that's non-person of color if they learned our history We'd have a different world today. Yes. We wouldn't be looked at because our history is so much fluffed down and, and, and put on the burner. You know, you got to go search for it. You know, and if you don't search for it, of course, Christopher, Christopher Columbus is right there in your face. They make sure we know about him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They make sure we know all of that stuff. Right. Why are we not pushing for them to also know about our contributions, all these inventors? And I know we're going to get into that, all the inventors and all the people that contributed to what America and as you said, other places as you talked right. about, we're all over the place 
We need to understand our contributions, and that needs to be told not to just us, but to everyone. What do y'all think about that? I agree 100 percent. Sorry, Tattletale. Um, I think it is easier for us to. How do I want to put this? It is easier for us to want to get down into the dirt and roll around in the mud with stuff like Cat Williams and all that craziness than it is for us to actually look at what is happening. And the more people gravitate to that kind of craziness, the less people understand what is going on. And don't get me wrong. I like a good tea. I like a good tea, tea, he, he, he. But at the end of the day, once I right. turn that TV off, I'm done. There's, there's stuff I got to do. Right. And people do not distance themselves from what is entertainment. I've always said in a, in, in a court, the entertainers were there to entertain. They did right. not conduct business. They did not conduct politics. They did not make decisions upon the world. They did not rule the kingdom. They were strictly to entertain. And that's what the entertainment is, industry is. Now it's gotten to the point where you put it right up there with what is happening to our communities. Right. That has to stop. Right. I that agree with you. I agree with you, you know, and, and religion, politics and all that, they stayed away from it. Mm -hmm. Athletes and all that never had an opinion. They were told, don't say this, don't say that. You are a sports figure. You are an entertainer. You are a singer. Stay away from that kind of stuff. And uh, it seems like the entertainment, and I agree with you, uh, Dali, just because that's a very good point you just made. It seems like we're now following, entertainment is now leading things. Mm -hmm. It's leading everything yeah. now. We're, you know, we're following, uh, the trend of what entertainment has on the table. Instead and don't of, get me wrong, right? Yeah. But don't get me wrong, Les. I'm not saying that entertainers should not be involved. Absolutely, no, they should be involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The crazy side of it, right? That That's has yeah, to I understand. Go. And I yes. think people have to understand that that there's a diff, there's a line there. I could be an entertainer, and I take my butt home, and I get up, and I go to work. I go to fight for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I, you know, I work to make sure that everybody has an equitable space in our existence, in our, in our, in our work. And at home, I go home to make sure that my nieces and nephews have a path of generational wealth. And I can, I know the difference. People won't separate what is entertainment from yes. what is our lives. And that's right. where I think the lines are blurred and people who are aware that we're doing that encourage it right. because then they, then we're not watching what's happening in politics or we're not right. watching, watching right. what happens you know, anywhere else. If you ask someone on the street, what important thing happened today and something really important happened in the uh, news, uh -huh. they wouldn't be able to tell you. But yeah. if you ask them to recite what Cat Williams said word for word verbatim, they will tell you. That's right. That's right. And then, you know what, too, you know, we have a gentleman named, and I call him a gentleman just because I'm a gentleleman, uh, named Donald Trump, who uh, That's the news. was sleeping on. <laughs> that is sleeping on news. this guy. Exactly. We're working. We're talking about Cat Williams, and now uh, Monique is going to be the next guest on the Shay Shay or Club Shay Shay. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. And people are getting oh oh she's gonna bring the tea oh you know, but you know what? That's all <laughs> camouflage. That's all camouflage, and that's all a distraction from what's really going on. We got an election. We got an election coming. We got an election. And you talk about taking away our you know, burying our history, moving it putting it on the back burner, you got a guy named Donald Trump who was all 96 for all charges. 96 right. and he's, 
charges from tax evasion to assault to all of these different things. But yet the Republicans are now that they've started dropping out of the the presidential race um, are are endorsing this man, a country who our budget was had had had. Was in the green a surplus. Yep, was in a surplus to owing now trillions of dollars when he left office and dumped this into to our Democrats for us to be torn apart and for him to say, "I'm coming back." So, I what does that tell you? No, what people mm-hmm. are smoking, right? That's part what of is, it too, <laughs> right? And what does that tell you about our future? the mindset right now of the people here. Think about that. You Mm -hmm. basically have a criminal that is being endorsed to once again take a position and he's got a good chance of of, of taking that position because the Democrats don't appear to be strong enough at this point. Mm -hmm. Now I know the incumbent is is our president now, Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. They want to say he's old, he's this, he's that. We as a black people, our focus needs to be totally on that because this man gets back into office, he's going to do the business that he started out with. Remember, yes. we had a, a insurrection. So think about that. He's going to continue on that same path mm-hmm. because the people, regardless of his record, regardless of his, his crimes, regardless of anything, this man is the front runner. How was that even possible? Now, let me tell you this. If that was Barack, oh, my God. If he had anything yeah. like that. He would have been in jail already. He would have been, been in jail already. He would have walked Nothing right out of that office and yet. walked straight into a jail. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. They would have hung him out to dry and quickly, quickly with the quickness. So look at look at what we're up here. We better get ready, y'all. We better mm-hmm. get ready. People hearing our voices Get ready for what's happening. It does, you know, to say, well, does it matter? You know, I don't, I'm not going to vote this, that, the third. It matters so much. It matters so much. We have to be involved. We have to be involved. You talk about black history, they're going to be, there's going to be no black history if we mm-hmm. don't step up and step our game up and get educated on what's happening here and, and, and get ourselves ready for this fight. Not get ready. We got to stay ready. Exactly. We got to stay ready because we're up against a whole system that we don't even, even understand. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to put it on us, man. You yeah. know? So I want to ask you yep. this. I want to ask you this. Because I talked to someone earlier today. That'll tell. What is one of your, let's say your, your three greatest moments as a black man representing your black race through the life, through your life? What have you seen that really stood out to you? that the black race that made you really feel proud, man. Give me three things that really, really made you feel proud. Wow. It's, it's a lot of them. Uh, you, you can't talk about black history in this country. And I talk about, uh, Malcolm X, Mm -hmm. um, uh, very charismatic, very intelligent. Uh, he didn't sugarcoat nothing. Even with our own people, he would tell them, about the way you dress, the way you present yourself. Uh, he, he covered all the bases. And I, I believe if we had more, especially black fathers, right? I'll say that again, black fathers like Malcolm X, 
who cared about his family and community will be 100% better. 100% better. Okay. Um, there's also uh, another brother that doesn't give a lot of play, Medgar Evers. Yeah. Right? Okay. Him too. He was assassinated in front of his house. Right. He was uh, a, a, a union rep. And uh, when you're trying to, you're on the front line, you're trying to get people decent wages, decent uh, uh, health and welfare for these jobs, it's very important. Because the thing about it, a lot of people don't want to agree with it, but poverty breeds crime. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It breeds yeah. crime. You, you get a bunch of people that are living below the poverty line and you stick them up in one area, you know what you're going to get. That's right. Can I just say this? Um, not just poverty breeds crime, but the very rich breeds crime. So two ends of the spectrum are filled with criminals. And it's not mm -hmm. to say that everybody who's poor is, is a criminal. And it's right. not to say that everybody who's rich is a criminal. But at the two ends of the spectrum are where you're going to find that. Desperation and greed. There you go. I agree. Agreed. Agreed. But Agreed. my point is this. Um, if you live in a predominantly black neighborhood, you shouldn't be afraid to go home at night. You shouldn't be rushing to cut through certain areas to avoid so-called trouble i mean we as black men we should be out there patrolling the streets with flashlights reflective vests on and making sure our kids get back and forth from school safety because uh, um this human trafficking you know yeah. it has served it has surplus surpassed the drug trade yeah. and you know why i only can sell drugs once but a child i can sell a child over and over and over again and it's horrible. Mm. So mm. black people, we this is one thing we got to, especially with our, with, our, with our girls, even though they snatch our young men and our young ladies. But parents, if you're at home, walk them kids to school. Walk them kids to school. I mean, two parents can walk at, at, at least six kids to school. And make sure you have some pepper spray and somebody carry it back, just, uh, just like Joe Clark. Walk them mm -hmm. kids to school, and you I pick agree. them up, and you bring them back home. Mm -hmm. You know, our, ch our children are like sheep, and these predators out there just like wolves. Y'all heard of the story of Little Red Riding Hood? Wolf right. came home when she was by herself. So you know, mm -hmm. we gotta protect our our children. Like, Mar like Marvin Gaye said, we gotta save the children. We gotta save the babies. We really do because we are really in critical times with this. It's crazy. Absolutely. All this child pornography. And, 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 and all this human trafficking of children, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Wow. Wow. And that's another subject that, you know, we really need to explore. Because yeah. you don't hear enough about it. You know, we, we no. think that it's really not happening. You know, people no. are like, what are you talking about? It's happening. It is. And it's, 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 it's our community. It, uh, yeah. It's all the time. All yeah. The time. Yeah. We're going to get I into remember that. as a kid, I, I was never allowed, <clears throat> excuse me, I was never allowed to walk Jamaica Queens by myself. Mm. And I had, my mom was a single uh, parent for many years before she remarried. My brothers had to walk me to the bus stop where I caught the bus right. going to Rosedale, which was a white neighborhood. Um, mm. And, and coming home, I had to go with my God sister and she mm -hmm. would take me to her house where my godmother would be home. Or I would have to wait for my mom to pick me up. 
it, when my sister got old enough to walk with me, we always had to be together, no matter how much she irritated me. But, <laughs> you know, we were never alone at those ages. I right. didn't really get to tra take the train by myself till I started high school. Right. So right. I, I don't understand why we're letting our five-year-olds, our six-year-olds, our seven-year-olds walk to school that's, by that's themselves. Insane. That's insane. By themselves. That's insane. You know, that's insane, man. That is really irresponsible. It, it really is. And you see these reports about kids being snatched. They had, even though this young lady wasn't black, I think she was Hispanic, um, or was almost snatched by this man who drove, drove up to her, jumped out of the car and tried to grab her. And the, the man lived in her building, her complex. You know, these mm. things are happening. These He's watching her the whole time. He's children. watching her following her, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a good movie that came out uh, not too long ago. I think it's called Among the Beasts. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, there's this brother. He's, he's, like, he's like Denzel, and Denzel was, uh, was an equalizer. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And he had promised his friend in the army that he would take care of his family's friend died. Uh, anyway, the, the little girl got kidnapped. And uh, somebody approached him and said, listen, you got to help me get my sister back. I heard they took uh, your, uh, your niece, too. So he gets himself together, and they, and they go after these people that did it. And you know who was behind the whole ring? Okay. The child psychologist. Mm -hmm. The child psychologist was behind yeah. the whole ring. Yeah. Wow. Yep, the child psychologist. And like I tell people, you got to watch who's talking to your children, no matter what you got. You always got to take your children somewhere, pick them up and bring them home. Mm -hmm. Because number one, these these predators are very crafty and they're slick. They're going to try. They're going to try to get their victims no matter what. And like I said, being that this is Black History Month, this is something that we really need to, uh, to watch because they target our neighborhoods. That's right. Yeah. Our neighborhoods and why they, they do it. We're sleeping. They think we're sleeping. No, not just that, because nobody they know the world doesn't care about us. Well, that, and that's, that's why they do it. And most likely one one parent, if it's a single parent household, you know that parent is working. If it's right. a double parent household, both parents in the home, they're both working. Right. And there's very few black families where the decision to have the wife stay at home is able to do that. It's just unrealistic and it's sad that in those kinds of neighborhoods this is going on where in a neighborhood we should be looking after our own you mm -hmm. all know you did something wrong it got to your mom before you even stepped in the house right we don't right. have that anymore right and we, we need don't. that big time and that's mm -hmm. what i was talking about this you know they think we're sleeping on that not so much that we're we don't we're not we're not um they think we're, we're too busy trying to make ends mm -hmm. meet so therefore, we're not putting priority on this issue. Right. So we, like, in other words, we're forced to have to let them go on their own because we are working, the mother and father's mm -hmm. working, or the mother is by herself and she she has to be to work early and the older sister or the older brother is responsible for the household. Right. And, and then sometimes he might run out and or she might run out and, and the kid is left there seven, eight years old, or, well, you know, just walk to the bus stop by yourself. Right. You know, there's things that people have to do. So the predators, they know that. That's what I was talking mm -hmm. about. They know that. Mm -hmm. So they lurk around and they watch. You know, they don't... That's you know, right. I, I think that, yes, randomly they might just snatch somebody, they see them. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of them are following individuals 
prior to that, they know yes. your schedule. They know that your mother leaves at this time and they know, you know, they come home at this time and you walk this way down this street and mm -hmm. we're going to pick them up because this is a calculated, it's, 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 it's a, it's a criminal business. So they, they, they set this thing up. They know where, like you said, they know they come to our neighbors. They know where to set, set this up and they know where to snatch people at. So where mm -hmm. do you go? You go right. to a place where people are occupied with trying to survive and not so much keeping focus on security. Right. That's right. Because, because they can't. Because they can't. we have to live and we have to survive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, Tattletale, another important point is for you is uh, something that really blew your mind as a, as a black man. You gave us two. We need one more. Wow. Uh, <laughs> whew, it's a it's a whole lot. Um, uh, Barack Obama becoming president of the United States of America. Uh, that that was phenomenal. Uh, and uh, an, another man that set a perfect example. You heard nothing of, of Barack Obama involved with women, drugs, places mm -hmm. places he ought not to be. Uh, very, very, very educated, very, very polished individual. And, uh, to see that in, in my lifetime was really something. And, and now that, you know, we have, uh, a vice president, a woman of color, uh, that's also phenomenal. A lot of people, uh, don't like Kamala in the black community because she did her job. She was yeah. impartial. If you was a brother and you was out there terrorizing those streets, she locked you up. Mm -hmm. It was it, it, you didn't get a pass because you was black, and that's what a lot of our people. We got to stop that false sense of entitlement because somebody is black. They think you think you're gonna be a scapegoat. And no, you can't do that. When crime when you crime. see crime one of crime, us, <laughs> crime yeah, is crime, crime is crime. Exactly, crime is crime. crime, is crime. Yep. I think people, when people start talking like that, oh, Kamala put a lot of people in jail and she was, and I tell people, no, she was just doing her job. She was doing yeah. her job. And whether you like it or not, she did her job well. If you know government, if you mm -hmm. know how your, your county is run, your state is run, your federal government is run, you would know exactly how things are done. That's right. For you to suggest mm -hmm. that because of the president that these laws were passed is incorrect. That means you don't know what the Senate is, what the Congress is, exactly. what our judicial system with, with the Supreme Court does. You don't know how the government is run. If you think that the president is involved in what decisions are made by the state, you don't yeah. know what your government you does. Know. You but it's know. not the, government, the, the president who does that. It is your state, your electives in your state. And it's sad that so many people choose to ignore these facts when a lot of the change that people want and need is done right there in your state. Mm -hmm. it's, called, it's called politics is local. Exactly. exactly. Politics is local from your councilmen to your assemblymen, mm -hmm. your congressmen, your senators, your, your, your town boards, your, your um, where, where they have the school boards, all of the decisions in your community are local. Exactly. And you need to know who those people are and seek them out. Because they're actually the ones that put your, put the president in an office. Exactly. That's right. People you elect in your state, in your city, in your county, 
they are the ones who are putting these people into office. That's so if right. you don't want to have a president like Biden or Trump, you should be voting for your Senate here. You should be voting for your exactly. Congress. You should be voting for the town, whoever he is or she is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are putting the government in place. And mm -hmm. people don't understand that. The election began far before this election year. It began oh. every time you saw a commercial about somebody running for governor or for mayor or for Congress or for your state representative or for your councilwoman or for your township mayor. That's when the elections actually happened. By the right. time we get to the president, it is just who's in who's in these houses that are going to represent you. And that's actually how it's done. That's right. Now, Daddy, before before we forget, I need to, I need mm -hmm. your three your three significant moments or or events or people that really gave you that wow moment as oh. a black person. I, I would say Barack, just like Tattletale, Barack Obama becoming mm -hmm. president. And even so, his wife now that is doing fantastic things. Um, and people don't really will agree with this, but I am in awe, and I forget what her name is right now, that the, the Black woman who actually created the vaccine for COVID. Mm. That was an aha moment for mm -hmm. me. Mm, um, because okay. people people did not realize the influence we have in right. science. Right. That's important. Very important. And then, of, of course, I'm going to say, you know, just for our own personal aha moments was when my brother received the Lifetime Presidential Award. Okay. And for me, that was major because of our background, where we came from the story from him getting to where he is now, all of, you know, and all of us had a hand in it and knowing that how much my brothers, and I say brothers because one manages the other, have sacrificed um, and just their story to get from two kids in Queens walking the streets trying to play music, that <laughs> their lives could be in something totally different from where it is now. And right. to know that I have my oldest brother who is legend, a legend in the music industry, in the jazz genre. Mm -hmm. And my other brother who manages him, who is a legend in his own right, um, who was, who went from being a record executive to, you know, being a musician, being a record executive, starting a management company, you know, and, and teaching me how to do my, my company and my business. And Right. When I decided to step back from the stage and become the business part of music, right? Um, those two men are phenomenal to me, and to know that as a part of my history is awe-inspiring. Is the only mm -hmm. thing. I Congratulations on that, and you, and you should be very proud. Very proud. Mm -hmm. Now, let me give you my my three. Well, let me give you my period, because you know I have thought about this all day couple of things in my lifetime that really made me proud as a black, a black man, a black human being, a black American, African American, whatever you want to call it. But that blackness is deep. That blackness is deep. And I'm very proud of that, number one. But Martin Luther King was 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 really um, someone that I admired. And I feel that Martin Luther King really sacrificed his life for mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. not just for me, but for all of us, 
you know, um, never met the man personally, but what he stood for and, and the sacrifice, when someone makes a sacrifice for you, yes. it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing act. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know, you hear the footsteps getting closer and you know that they want to kill you. Like Mega Evans and Malcolm, the same thing. These are different type of people. These and they acknowledged people. that they were going to be yeah. killed. They all yeah. knew mm-hmm. they were going right. to be killed. Right. They're different kind of people. Mm-hmm. That that was a proud moment when he stood on those steps and he gave that speech at the march on Washington. Right. Super proud moment. The other proud moment was when we had a million man march. Mm-hmm. We had a million man march and they told us that it couldn't be done. The police were ready with paddy wagons, tear gas, ride gear. And not nothing one riot. Happened. Not one riot. Not one arrest. Not mm-hmm. one incident. And then they tried to dumb down the numbers and said it was only 600 or 800,000 people out there. Colin Powell sent the letter to Louis Farrakhan and said, these are the real numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Men yeah. sitting at that White House doing exactly what was intended to do. Mm-hmm. That's a proud moment. Mm-hmm. One other person that, another person, not one other, but another person that has been a major influence to me was our man, Muhammad Ali. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal individual. Mm-hmm. I love Muhammad Ali. I love what he stood for outside and inside the ring, but mainly Mm -hmm. outside the ring. He was a a true believer in the uplifting and the empowerment of our people. And he stood for that through his, through his, his teachings and learning from the honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, I just like how he represented himself. The other the other thing that really, really blew me away um, was Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Sidney Poitier, to me, was an iconic, someone with major integrity. He represented himself in the entertainment movie industry like no other that I've seen, especially in those times where he never played a slave. He never was yeah. talked down to. He was a, a, a co-star or a star when there were no black stars at all. He was a box office success. And there's certain things he didn't do, reflective of the young man today. He's not young anymore, but Denzel Washington. And yes. Denzel stands on the shoulders of Sidney Poitier. And without Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. Sidney Poitier won that, that Oscar. Hattie McDaniels won that Oscar, and so on and so forth down the line. Those people are are representative of black empowerment, as far as I'm concerned, because if they were able to do that with the integrity and still keep their their, their self-respect, right. that's very important. Now, the other thing that's that, that makes me more proud than anything else, I had a mother, her name was Janet Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And when she said to me, son, I'm proud of you. That was the biggest moment of my black life. When that mm-hmm. woman said, son, I'm proud of you, that meant the world to me, and to this day it still does. Now check this out. I want you to hold on a minute because we're running out of time. I must play this. Now this is a gentleman that I also respect. Check this out. 
Need I say more? <laughs> Need I say more? Need you say more? Need I say more? If you looked at some of those signs, it, you know, mm-hmm. we had to go around telling people, I am a man. I mean, come yep. on. Come on, man. You know, yeah. that was, that was to me, the civil rights movement. I don't, you know, I call it the human rights movement, but it was civil. But you mean to tell me we, we had to, we had to explain that we're human beings, that we are men? That we deserve jobs, men and women. Please don't be. Yes. Oh, well, you know what? You know what? You know, you know. I don't. I don't. I don't separate the two. I say I human. I said human beings, and we men, are all women are all included because we yeah. could. And I want to make that point very clear. We cannot, of course, do this without our women, and they are phenomenal women mm-hmm. that that also had the same sacrifices as the men. So I don't yeah. differentiate. You know, I don't. I don't differentiate between the two. Without the women, a lot of them are unsung. I read something about a woman earlier. I forgot her name, and I wanted to mention it. She was right step, lockstep with Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. She um, lockstep, man, and she she got the uh, the award from um, at at a late age too. I thought I had it pulled up. I forgot her name, but she got the the presidential uh, award of freedom as well. Right. I forgot her name. I wanted to mention her, but yes, you're right. Our women. Our women should come first, period. Yeah. They should mm-hmm. come first. Because, you know, the women the women were more feisty than the men. You're mm-hmm. not going to get out there and do nothing? You're not going to say nothing about that? You're going to let that go? <laughs> Put that battery in our back. With women's suffrage, <laughs> women's suffrage, black women were in the forefront. 
Right. Right there next to Susan B. Anthony and everyone else fighting for equal rights and the right to vote. And they were there. That's um, right. You know, there's a lot of history that people don't don't really understand or really know. Um, mm -hmm. And I challenge you to, to fi figure it out. You know, I've gotten into debates over even simple things about when slavery started. When I told them that what you're what you're reading is not exactly true, you know, and you better go look because the first slaves were brought over by the Spaniards. People were shocked. And we we have to we have to start looking beyond Fox News and, and, and all the news and start doing research. You know? Start reading. Start reading. You know, research for myself. I want to read something uh, to to make some put some clarity on this whole Black history. It says uh, it was Carter G. Woodson, the father of Black history, who first set out in 1926 to designate a time to promote and educate people about Black history and culture, mm -hmm. according to W. Marvin Delaney. He is an historian and the president of the Association of the Study of African-American Life and History. Woodson envisioned a week-long celebration to encourage and coordinate the teaching of Black history in public schools. He designated the second week of February as Negro History Week and galvanized fellow historians through the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, which he founded in 1915. The idea wasn't to place limitations, but really to focus and broaden the nation's consciousness. Now, that's that's a good point. That's what we were talking about, broadening the nation's consciousness. Woodson's goal from the beginning was to make the celebration of black history in the field of history a serious area of study, which right. they're trying to take away. Uh, the idea eventually grew in acceptance, and by the late 1960s, Negro History Week had evolved into what is now known as Black History Month. Protests around the racial injustice, inequality, anti-imperialism that were occurring in many parts of the United States was pivotal to the change. So yeah, we have to we have to give that brother a big shout out. Carter G. Woodson. That's the origin of Black History. And then it came into it came into law through Gerald Ford in 1976. Mm -hmm. Y'all remember that? That's mm -hmm. when it officially was now Black History Month here in, 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 in uh, the United States. Well, I mean, we can go on. We could do three hours on this. You know, oh, man, a, a whole week. <laughs> a whole week. Oh, we we got to come back with this, you know. I really think we got to come back with this, and I appreciate mm -hmm. Your contributions, you know, your comments, your opinions. You know, this is a very important show, and we're going to blast this out. And I hope that people resonate, that this resonates with individuals listening to this, because I think that we we are we need to do more of this. We need to do more of this. This is a teaching moment. I learned some things from you, Tattletail, and I appreciate you, brother. And I learned some things from you. Dahlia today. I appreciate you as well. And yes, our women. <laughs> so with that being said, this is the end of our show. Last remarks, Dahlia? Just go out and learn. Take advantage of the opportunities that are given to us. Create our own opportunities and make sure that when we talk about generational wealth, it is not about money. 
It is about making sure that we pass down businesses, that we pass down knowledge, and that we pass down those things will help our children keep success, being successful going forward. The historian. He's not the comedian tonight. He's the historian. Go ahead, brother. Uh, one thing I know is very valuable that they can't take word from you, and that's knowledge. So we need more research and more reading. When you start doing research and you start doing reading, especially about the ancient empires, you will feel good about yourself. But you say, wow, I, I came from that. You know, mm. I came from that. Uh, <clears throat> talking to a friend last night about Amani Rainis. She was a queen um, in what is now the Sudan. They call it Nubia. All right. She had one eye. And when the Romans found that all the gold was below Egypt, all right, in that area of the Sudan down there, they tried to invade. That's when Augustus was the emperor. When uh, Rome was at the height of his power, she beat the Romans back so bad, Augustus had to leave Rome and sit down and talk uh, treaty terms with this one-eyed sister. Really? Yeah, and they kept it out of history. Her name is Amani Rainis. She was one of the candy cane queens. Wow. They call it Candace, but it's Candy K. Yeah, Amani Rainis. They need to do a movie about that. Mm -hmm. Her and her son. What I want you to do, (laughs) what I want you to do, Tattleton, and I said this before, I want you to put together a curriculum uh, on a show on this history that you know about. I want you to put something together, Mm -hmm. put it in order, put it in order, and we're going to do our entire show on the African history. All right? Oh, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. AfricanAncestry.com. There you go. I like that. I like that. But listen, y'all, we're going we're gonna to sign off now. We want to just thank each and every one that's within the sound of our voice. I want to thank my two co-hosts for another great show. This is the Les Boogie one-on-one show. You can catch us on Saturday mornings on Fresh Nation Radio. And you'll see us on social media as we post the video. The audio part will be on Fresh Nation Radio, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. We're going to leave you with this, and we hope that you tell a friend about us because we'll be back. We'll be back with more exciting shows, more informational shows, and a lot of entertainment. We'll see you on the next one. All righty.